Welcome to Stuck In My Mind Podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. It's your boy, W-I-Z-E. And if you live in the northeastern part of Pennsylvania and you need work done on your car, check out my man Jose and his crew at Precision Auto, a family-owned business that specializes in German vehicles. There is no job too big or too small. They also offer snap finance for those that need assistance. That's Precision Auto at 339 Sterling Road in Toby Hanna, PA. Phone number is 570-894-8699. And let them know it's your boy Wise that sent you. Peace out. And welcome to another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E-Wise, and I have a very special guest on. She's a former Playboy centerfold and a cover girl, but now she is a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable. Welcome to the show, Deborah Driggs. Hey, Deborah. Hey, Wise. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me this time. I love it. This is great. I appreciate you being on. I wanted on. to tell you, too, I love... I love the name of your show. You know, I've, I've guested on over 50 shows since March and every once in a while, the name of the podcast really sticks out for me. And I was like stuck in my mind. I like that. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's cause, cause that's, that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous place to be. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is. And, and I named it that because I had been, I had been wanting to do a podcast for over a year and I just made. I was just making up excuses and for why I I wasn't doing it. So when I finally did start doing, it, I was like, you know what? I've been stuck in my mind for all this time. That's the name of the podcast, and I I, I love it. It's two, it's been two great. thumbs up. Yeah, I love it too. And so, and it's it it is eighty percent of the reason why people don't stay in line and keep going and following whatever they they set out to do, you know, they get stuck in their mind and then they get out of line and get away from the dream they were pursuing. They get to that point where it gets uncomfortable and then it's like, okay, never mind. You know, and, and, that's, and that's the part you got to go through. Yeah, and that's what I had to do. <laughs> I had to, I had to make myself uncomfortable to get to where I want to yeah. go. So I, I get it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing things right now in my life that are very uncomfortable and, you know, it's like that. I had that moment where I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? It's, I don't need to do this. And then I'm like, oh, here we go. Yes, you do. Because you're getting uncomfortable. So keep going. Yeah. That's where it's all at is in that uncomfortableness. And yeah. That's the, and that's the problem. People start getting, people get complacent and they're happy at doing, at yeah. just living and just working and, and nah, this, there's more to it, man. And I found what I, I'm passionate about. I found something that I really love doing. I'm just going to keep doing it. it Absolutely. I, just, I wish everyone would and, find know, something like this. I'm sure this has happened for you that when you finally made the decision, the moment that you made the decision to keep going and keep doing what it is you really want to do, all of a sudden, 
once you made that decision, everything started to align with your decision. And all of a sudden, things would start happening that were like, oh, okay, it's happening. And all of a sudden, you're meeting this person, or you're all of a sudden, you're getting this guest. And the longer you stay and you keep going towards it, and you probably have had these aha moments where you're like, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. And it's getting, you're, you're, you're seeing the progression now. It's like you get, it's a perpetual thing, right? It just keeps, it just keeps opening up and the possibilities become endless all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, it's so many different opportunities have opened up. Um, I, yeah. I, I started a production company. I'm, I'm about to launch an internet radio station. So many different things just as far as being creative and, and where I was before, it's, it's just like once I started recording and started creating content, the juices just started flowing and energy just started flowing out yeah. and, and and ideas and content and everything just started just just coming out naturally. Like, I'm like, what where the hell is all this coming from? And it's, yeah. and it's because I've been keeping it inside for so long, just like just doubting myself just having doubted myself and not believing in what i can do and once i started believing in i said i'm like i said i just started creating content started meeting some amazing people started learning a lot of new things taking courses i i've added titles to to what i like to my resume i've become a, a editor of um of a producer I've started creating logos. I started creating cover art. So many yeah. different things from my podcast. Isn't that just, amazing. Yeah, just from starting a podcast. That's and and like I yeah, it's like once you made the decision and you got into action, boom, possibilities everywhere. And it's so I, I, you know, it's hard to explain that to somebody when they are in their head, when they're stuck in their mind and they're they have the self-doubt, they have the negative talk, that that damn what rabbit uh, rat wheel that goes on in there. It's like the lint, you know, if you could just move all the lint and just see the clear picture. And it's amazing when it when you finally do, I, I use that metaphor, like you clean the lint off, you put the new pair of glasses on, however you wanna, whatever metaphor you wanna use. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, we're on to something. And it's hard though, because you do go through those moments where it's like that you get uncomfortable, all of a sudden now you're working towards your goal, your dream, your, what you imagined, it starts happening and you're like, I'm doing it, you know, and it's like, and then boom, there's like this, you finally let it go. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I'm 57 and I'm starting a new venture and I did the same thing. I was like, why am I doing this? I don't need to do this. You know, I, I've had a great success in my business, but I decided that because it felt so scary to me to write and to write a blog and to write a book, that then I really needed to do it because I was scared and I was fearful about it. And what if people don't like what I write? And then I thought, I'm a writer. I write. End of story. I made the decision. I do it. I put up my first blog and that's it. It was a decision. 
I do it and I write every day now for two hours. I sit in this space, I create that space and I write and I don't know where it's going to end up. It's kind of like a mystery to me right now. I don't know when my book's going to be published. Everybody asks me, when's your book coming out? I'm like, it's a little mystery. I'm just, I'm just staying in line. It'll all work out because I've already put the work in and it, now I'm in that process of copy editing and you know, rewrites and, you know, it'll all happen when it's supposed to happen, but just staying in, staying towards the goal. And so that's why I love when I saw your stuck in my mind podcast, I was like, oh my God, that's so relevant to so many times in my life. Whereas listening to this and the minute you're, once you get stuck in here, you're dead. <laughs> you get stuck in your head, you're dead. Yeah, once you, it's like, that's you, just, yeah. that's, that's it. Once you start doubting yourself, like, no, I can't do it. Like, and that was my thing. It was when I would, I, I've I, I had the equipment in my house for over a year prior to me starting my podcast. <laughs> and I would, I would just play with it. I wouldn't even record or nothing. I would just mess around, put the headphones, mic test, they test with mic, and just joke around and, and and my reasoning was, oh, who's gonna want to listen to me? Or I sound terrible. I'm 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 horrible. My voice is terrible. Who would want to listen to me? Just anything. I would tell my. I, I would yeah. just. And I am like you're your worst. You're your worst enemy. So because I'm telling myself this, of course I'm. Of course now I'm really not. I'm really not gonna do it because I have so much doubt. But then when I got furloughed last year from my job because of the pandemic, I had nothing else to do. I was like, you know what? You can you can play, but so much video game, so many video games. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. Let me just record. And it was just me and my nephew here. He, I was on the phone talking to him, and I was at the desk, and I was like, yo, you know what? I don't care what we talk about. Let's just talk about something. And I just hit record, and we just talked for like five minutes. It was a little introduction to what stuck in my mind was going to actually be. And he was like, yo, let's not release that. I don't want people to hear that. We need to practice it, and then we'll release it. I'm like, no. I'm going to release that because I want them to see my progression because I plan on doing this. I plan on on, on yeah. putting out this podcast. And he was like, all right. And, and that's what exactly what I did. So you see the first few episodes, I, I'm, I'm, I go up like from five minutes to seven minutes to 12 minutes to where I start getting to 20 minutes. And my friend goes, hey, you, hey, you're pretty good. Um, maybe you should consider getting an intro. I was like, okay. So where do I get an intro from? Oh, Fiverr. Go to Fiverr. I was like, hey, go to Fiverr. I was like, all right. So I go to Fiverr, get the intro that I have. Because once I heard that beat, I was like, that's the beat I want. And I sent the girl a message and I told her exactly what I what she said and she did it and sent me out like, oh man, that's a, a dope intro. And then that then it just felt natural. It's just like, okay, this is I started learning everything myself. Every everything I, I've I've really learned, I've really just done the research, gone and find out who's gonna help me distribute what. Um, how do I if I do eventually get uh, monetized? Where do I go and all these? Other, so it was just me doing the research and me wanting to improve and wanting to really know know podcasting. 
So yeah, yeah so it, and, it, it, that's what it takes. That's, and that's that's where the growth takes place too, you know, because you, you, you the goal is obviously, you know, to be this have a successful podcast, be able to have anybody you want on the show at some point, right? That's we, we all know what the end goal is and what people forget is the journey to get there. You know, there are steps that have to be taken and, and that's what's so cool. I love that you were so vulnerable and I'm going to show how I started and because that helps other people when they go, Oh, as a matter of fact, my son follows, and I wish I could remember the name. My son follows this, this gentleman on YouTube because my son is really into fitness and he follows this, this guy who now has over a million followers, but, but Kevin, my son showed me his first YouTube video and we laughed because it was so bad. And now he's huge and he's famous and he's got, you know, like I said, over a million followers, but my son goes, you want to see his first video? Cause he leaves it there. And I think that's so brilliant because a lot of times we forget, we see people's success and we go, Oh, that's that, that, that was easy for them. Or, you know, and so I'm really inspired to hear people's journeys, where they started, how they got to where they got to, you know, I read a lot of, you know, biographies and memoirs. I watch a lot of documentaries because that just, gets my wheels turning too. Cause I'm like, well, if they could do it, I could do it too, you know, and you get excited about stuff like that. And so I would offer that to become good at anything, not just podcasting, but anything, the more research, the more things you learn, you are always going to be two millimeters ahead of everybody else because you are continually learning and growing. And so you're putting yourself in a position of moving up quicker where a lot of people get comfortable. Even people who are really good get comfortable and they, they've, you know, uh, LeBron does not miss a day of doing 50 free throws. You know what I mean? He's the, one of the best basketball players in the league. The guy gets up and does 50 free throws. You know, it's like, it's a constant practice. And so to be ahead like you said, you learned everything, you learned the equipment, you learn. And, and by the way, that just takes you to the next door that opens. Oh, now I got to learn about this. And the more time you spend doing that stuff, that's where the growth is. That's where the, that's really where the success is. It's not at the final result. It's, it's, it's in the growth. It's, it's all the learning. Yeah. It's everything that I'm learning and all the pro and all the process mm -hmm. of yeah. just being able to like, like people be like, oh, they're they they're, they're they're worried about monetizing their podcast. Where I've found other things that have helped me make money, and 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 it's because I worked. I've been doing the work on my podcast, so I've been able to edit some people's episodes because now I, I do editing. I, I edit I edit my own podcast. So now I'm editing other people's podcasts. And it, that pays pretty well. I started creating logos and oh, I and, bet. and and cuz I started doing the cover art for for my episodes, for all my episodes and everything and I started applying that. So now that's something else now. Another title I'm adding and that's something else I'm selling now. So yeah, my podcast I might not have sponsors and I might not be monetized 
but I'm monetized other ways, I guess. Yeah, of course. And it, it all, it all flows. It's just, you're in flow. You're in flow of what you're doing and it's all happening for you. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's such a huge part of my journey. You know, people, like I said, they look at, oh, she was on the cover of Playboy or she, you know, had success in that business, but have no idea like all the times in between or the times that I couldn't buy groceries, you know, and I couldn't pay my rent and, you know, was broke and divorced and didn't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I was just stuck, stuck in my head, stuck in these negative downward spiraling thoughts. And I'm glad that happened. I'm really glad that happened because if it didn't, I wouldn't have been forced to do the growth and the work and put myself constantly in uncomfortable places and in proximity of people that I was intimidated with and doing deals that were intimidating. None of that would have happened if I hadn't really gone to a dark place of being completely miserable and uncomfortable to go, you know what? I, I don't ever want to go back there. I was there. It was a learning experience. I'm glad it happened, but I never want to go back there. I never want to be in that mindset or stuck in that mindset ever again. And now I have ways of staying really far away from that. And that's, that's, the growth that's the that's the um the cherry on the sunday you know that's when you get to that place of like okay i feel this because you know for some reason we keep wanting to repeat or i do you know i keep wanting to repeat certain things that i know aren't going to work you know <laughs> but but because they're ingrained in me and so it's the hardest thing to do is do the opposite right do the opposite, do the contrary action to however you're feeling. And so, yeah, that's, that's really the growth and the journey. And that's what I write about. That's what I blog about. I, I do a weekly blog where I pick a topic and I, when I get in my, my writing space, I pick a topic and I just write about it from my heart and I write as well as I can. And I have somebody else check the spelling and the grammar, but I write from my heart. And I think that really comes through. I've had a few people, I just posted my first blog and I was really nervous to do it, but I've had a few people resonate with what I wrote. And so that's, you know, in my 57 years, I guess the, the, the biggest lesson is, is that I'm on this planet to serve. I'm not here to get anything. I'm here to serve. And if I can help somebody or my story helps somebody, then I did my job. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to make millions of dollars. That's great. And I've done that too. But I'm not, that's not the whole purpose of living is giving. You know, it's all about giving and it's all about giving back. And that's what's so beautiful about these platforms now is that whatever you're feeling in life or whatever you think you need in the moment, you can actually Google it. And find a podcast and go listen to it to be inspired. And how beautiful is that? And especially during the pandemic, you know, when everybody was in isolation and a 
lot of people, that's really hard. That is a really hard, you know, especially if you're not married and you, you can't, you're a little bit older and you can't be with your kids and now you're isolated from the world. And what a great platform to have this where people can listen and go, oh, I, that, you know, and then they want to find something else to listen to. And it could be anything from mental health, trauma to gardening. You know, you can find anything online. We live in a beautiful time. You know, and so there was some great things that came out of the pandemic is so many podcasts like yourself and so many Zoom. All of a sudden, everybody was Zoom meeting and and a lot of businesses found that they could function that way. They could actually run their business via Zoom. We don't need to pay for office space. We can do everything like this. I mean, there was a lot of beautiful gifts that came out of such a really strange time. No, yeah, yes, it's and that and that's sometimes I, I sometimes I feel guilty, and I know I shouldn't because so many positive things have happened to me within the last year. I, yes, I've lost some friends and stuff to COVID and everything, but as far as career and professionally, professionally, positive things have been going my way, and and that's because yeah. of the energy. I've I've focused on like when I first started the podcast, my first couple episodes, it was me ranting about work and ranting about politics and just, just to me, it was negative. It was negative. It was just, yeah, no politics. Yeah. And then, and then when I, when I just felt, you know what, I, I wasn't enjoying that. And I started interviewing people and focused more on putting out positive content, putting out, people yeah. who, who can share a positive story or just share if, or share whatever they went through in their life that someone might be able to hear it and be like, oh, wow, they went through that. Maybe let me listen to this and maybe they, that can help me. And I've had people yeah. reach out to me after a few episodes. Like I did an episode with a high school friend of mine. He is killing the real estate game in New York City. And we had a great talk on manifestation, goal setting, the things we're doing right now to accomplish our goals and, and whatever. And it was just a great conversation. It was one of my favorite episodes. Well, another yeah, high school friend yeah. of ours, another high school friend of ours was heard the episode and she reached out and she was like, yo, listening to that episode with you and Jason really pushed me because I had been wanting to start my own business and listening to you guys talk and, and, and knowing you guys personally, you guys made me want to go start my own business. And I, she says, I've been wanting to, and yeah. I've been on the fence, but you guys made me want to do it and I'm going to do it. And what she did. And for someone to tell me that, that was like, Wow. I did what I did what I, what I was supposed to do. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm I'm being a voice for the what people. Yeah, I'm being a voice for the people that maybe they they might need to hear something that. And absolutely. So when I when I have guests on and and it's this great conversation and people are like, oh, why don't you script your show? I'm like, because I wanted to be more organic. I wanted to I wanted to be just or just us being our authentic selves, just, yeah, just having a good conversation. People really get to know yeah. us that way. And I feel people really enjoy that when they re when they get to really hear two people just talk naturally, just not, not something like, Oh, I can actually, I can ask you millions of questions, 
but I feel this is more intimate and people really get to enjoy that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, that is exactly right. It's authentic. It is not staged or rehearsed. And, you know, I had no idea what we were going to talk about. It just flows, right? It just comes out. It's like the topics are there. They're in us. They're in all of us. It's all of these things. And there's nothing, we're not reinventing anything. All of this stuff is in each and every one of us. We are all part of this beautiful universe. And we all have these creative feelings, ideas, and we all express them differently. And we're not, you know, I always say, you know, I'm not doing anything that I'm just doing what I, what I feel is purposeful for me. And if somebody enjoys it or wants to read what I write, beautiful. If not, that's okay. I'm not for everybody. And so when you start to come from that place, then you do get out of that that stuck place because now you're doing it from your heart. You're doing it from a different place. There's nothing to get, you know, and, and, you know, for a long time in my life. So everybody, you know, like I said, Oh, you know, I had all this success in the eighties and nineties and then I had no success. And then I had success again. You know, I've been on quite a wild ride, but I just lost my train of thought completely. It just completely <laughs> went poof. <laughs> I completely forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, I think the journey really is, you know, for a long, oh, I know I got it. It came back. <laughs> I was going to say for a long time in my life, I was so focused on surviving, making money to get by, to pay rent, to to just survive really. And that's no way to live. But I didn't know, I, you know, I didn't grow up with any wealth. You know, the wealth that I grew up with was just, you know, the things that I got to do, ice skating and, you know, the schools that I attended and that, you know, that to me was wealthy, but I didn't grow up with monetary. There was no money. We didn't have money. And so I didn't have examples of people who were entrepreneurs or people that knew how to manage their money. You know, I would hear all the time growing up, we don't have enough money, <laughs> you know, or we're overdrawn or we can't go on vacations or, you know, it was always in this mode of what we didn't have. And, and so that's, what I, that was in my system, because we are a product of our environment, that was in my system is this, you know, this feeling towards money. And it took a long time in my life to start saying, no, I am wealthy. The possibilities are endless. Abundance flows to me, you know, to, and when you were talking about how you had your talk with your high school friend, and you were talking about manifestation and the law of attraction and how when we are in that space, in that mind space, and we're putting that out, that's what starts to show up. When I was walking around for years saying, I'm broke, I don't have any money, I can't go, I don't have any money. That's what I'm telling the universe. Yeah. And the universe just keeps giving me more broke. of that. <laughs> yeah, because giving you more broke. Because <laughs> that's, that's what you tell telling. Of course, I'm not going to find a, I'm not that person that's going to find a penny on the street because... 
I'm broke. So the universe isn't going to show me signs that would say you're wealthy. The minute I switched all that thinking, even today, like if, if I have a slow month or if like during the pandemic, everything slowed down, let me tell you that not an easy year because the insurance companies didn't want to insure people 65 and over. And all of a sudden our work kind of slowed down. I was like, Oh God, here we go. 2008 again, you know? And I started having that, but instead I was like, what can I do during this time of endless possibilities? Let's see. Oh, I'll write a book. Oh, I'll build a website. Oh, yes. And everything will flow in, you know, and, and in the past, I would have been like, oh, my God, you know, every, you know, I would have been dramatically affected because that was the way I had dealt with things in my past. And this time I was like, yeah. It'll change when it's going to change and the possibilities are endless. And I'm going to use this time to be innovative, to be creative. You know, everything, it slowed everybody down for a reason. So let's figure out what that is, you know, and, and I've, my first in my first impulse and instinct was to go into fear, go in here, try to figure it out. And I went, no, that's the old way of doing this. Let's go into my heart. Let's, quiet down let's sit in silence let's what is this what does this all mean for me like what can I do during this time in a positive way instead of thinking of it as so negative and I, I feel really bad because so many people were so terrified during it and living in that fear and I just it broke my heart to watch because I, I literally when the whole thing started it was around February. I, and by the way, I had COVID. I got, it was one of the first cases. I got it in December of 2019 and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just was sick for two months coughing and I just thought I had a really bad pneumonia. So around February, when people started talking about a virus, I was like, I wonder if I had that virus. And I remember like the news just got so crazy. And I remember saying to everybody in my life, just turn the news off. Don't, don't let that energy in turn it off we don't need to listen to it we don't need to bring that's just energy that we don't need and it was just all fear-based fear 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 they put the fear into everybody you're already dead you're already dead you're gonna die you get this thing you're gonna die you know and for a lot of people you put that in their mind and they they believe it, you know? And so I was just like, oh my God. So I told everybody, I told my kids, I don't want to see the news. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear the word coronavirus, COVID. I don't want to hear it. Just that's not going to be a part of this space, this energy. And, and there's so many different ways of looking at this time. And so that's why I love stuck in my mind, Anything that keeps you stuck in your mind, you got to turn it off and get, get, get rid of it. Social media is another one that I had to take a break from because everybody was posting about this, the negative part, the fear-based stuff. And I just was like, I have to shut it out. You know, it's a really good idea if you're sensitive like I am to outside influence i'm very sensitive i i feel that i have a very strong intuitive sense and i'm very sensitive so when 
all of that stuff was kind of happening. I was like, I can't allow that in because it's too much. And social media, sometimes it it's, it, I find it to be a phenomenal platform to build something like this, to, to showcase something, to give back, but it can also be negative. And so I'm really careful of that. Like what, and I stopped, I actually stopped posting altogether, except for podcasts that I guest on shows that I do. If I co-host whatever it is work wise, if I write something, but as far as just posting to post or anything that has to do with the news, I stopped. I just, the, that's what the pandemic, the lesson of the pandemic taught me was like, I don't want to be a part of the snowball effect, the negative energy. Yeah. I want to be a part of the positive effect and show what's happening positively during this time. And, you know, so there were a lot of things that people were doing that were so positive and you would never hear about that, you know? Yeah. Yep. Just the, the fear-based, all the fear-based stuff. So really interesting no, it, it, and like I it's said, really, that's really why. Interesting. It, that's why I really. Stopped. And you're in New, you're in New York, correct? Well, I'm in Pennsylvania. I, I live in state. I, I'm originally from New oh. York, but I, I live in Pennsylvania. But it's just, it was just, it's just too much. It's just crazy. Like, like I said, I've lost some friends because of COVID, and I've had friends who've 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 survived and everything. And it, it, it's real, but it's like. You still have to, you have to still live your life. You still have, like, I still have to do Absolutely. what I, I still have to do what I have to do. I still have to go to work and, and, and support my family and, and, and do what I can't just, I can't stop. I can't let this hold me back. You can't, you can't. Cause if you, if you live yeah. in fear constantly, if you live in fear constantly, that's, it's just, that's just no way to live. Yeah. And I know there was a lot of loss. I know there was a lot of sadness. I know, you know, my, my cousin's husband was in an induced coma for two months and, you know, we were all, he was in New York and we were very worried about that. And, you know, and there, that there were a lot of things that were very sad and they were happening and it was, you know, and even during those dark times, I was still looking for ways to be grateful and to be, in a present moment and not living in the future or the fear of it, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't serve anybody. And that's, that was kind of my, my peeve, my pet peeve a little bit with the news. Cause I was like, it's not serving anybody to live in all this fear. And, you know, I would, you know, I'm in LA and LA is completely fear-based with this pandemic and not everybody, but, you know, just going outside and you can see people like avoiding you and like, Oh my God, I was just blown away by people really just being like, don't come near me. And, and, you know, I, when I'm outside, I wasn't wearing a mask. You know, I just, I felt that if I'm outside, you know, if I went into a business, I'd put my mask on, but outside going for a walk, I'm just wasn't going to wear a mask. And, and I had COVID. And so I wasn't, I, I had all the antibodies and, I just thought, wow, this has gone completely, <laughs> it's gone completely off the reservation. Like if you can't even go out of your house and walk outside and get fresh air and you've got to be covered up, 
this is a weird time we're living in. And I just, I couldn't wrap my head around that. And I understood the politeness of going into somebody's business and going indoors, but outside when you're not near anybody, I just, it was really bizarre for me. I just couldn't, like I said, I couldn't wrap my head around it. It just, it seemed so overkill. And so, you know, I don't know. No, I guess no, that's it. It, it. it just was very, it was, it was overkill. It was like too much. And, oh, I, I feel and, you. Yeah. and I, I definitely feel you, but yeah, I, 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 it was, it was just, to me, it was like, all right. Um, cause they, we had, I was furloughed from my job for three months. Uh, and I, I work at a casino. I'm a table games dealer. And, and it was it nice. Was, which, which one? I, I, Blackjack. I teach, <laughs> I, I play, I deal everything except for poker and pie guy, pie gal tiles. I deal everything else. Guess, guess, guess what I hit in Vegas. What? I hit playing three card poker, a Jack, Queen and King oh, straight, of Hearts. Straight flush. And I had two hundred dollars out on the bet. Guess how much money I won? Oh man! Uh, if well, <laughs> I, I don't even know how much it pays at mines. I forgot how much it paid, but it, it was that it paid a nice, pretty penny. Compo, it paid a pretty penny. It paid it was, a pretty it was penny. Close to close to twenty grand. Yeah, it paid a pretty penny. Yeah, like who hit? You don't hit that. Nobody hits a jack queen. It was a royal flush. It was like jack queen king of hearts. The odds were against the whole casino for that, you know? And so I hit it and I had about, like I said, $200 <laughs> out on the table. And the the person next to me said, I think you just won like 20 grand. And I went, no way. Well, yeah. And then I looked at the odds and I went, oh my God. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Because it's, it's each bet. Like, it's because it's, if, if you said three card, right? Three card poker. Yeah. So I if, love that game. I play crazy too. I'm one of those people that I don't even look at my cards. Oh, I you just go blind. Put them out you and go put blind. The on it. People are like, yeah. I go blind. I go blind. And people go, You're not going to look at your cards. I'm like, Nope. Yeah. Universe has my back. <laughs> if it's meant for you to win, you're going to yeah. win. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's it's fun to kind of play that once in a while. I'm not a big Vegas, but when I go, that's my game. I love three card poker. I like dealing three card. Three card is fun to deal. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. Anyway, but, so you were saying <laughs> yeah, when I went, when I when I went back to work, it was like my first couple of days was was tiring because working with a mask was just crazy. It was just going back to work eight hours a day wearing a mask, having to wear a mask. Only time you could yeah. take a mask, their mask off is to eat, and it was like uh, so. I worked three days straight, and then I'm like. I had to take two days off because I was just so tired from wearing that mask all day. So yeah. then eventually I switched to the it's, shield. Yeah, the, the, the energy that wearing that mask creates for employees is so sad to me because I can see it in their, their eyes. You know, all these restaurants here in L.A., they're making the, the servers wear these masks and they're running around trying to serve food. And I can see it in their eyes, you know, just the energy of just there's no choice. They have to work and they have to wear the mask and it's it, dra- it drains 
their energy and it's written all over their face. And how can you give good customer service when you're covering your face? You know, you can't relate to people and all of that, the dining industry, the fashion industry, the all the all of that industry just got highly affected because the whole point of it is to look at people and communicate and connect and you can't even go to a restaurant and connect with the waiter you just zap all that beautiful energy out and now you've got these people walking around they don't want to be there they're 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 anxious because they're claustrophobic with something over their face they can't breathe properly i mean it's just i i'm so saddened by it and i suffer from claustrophobia and so for me i was not putting a mask on you know it's just not gonna my heart started to race so i didn't go on i barely went on an airplane during the pandemic because i'm like i can't keep that mask on that long i my heart starts to race and so i literally pull it down and just drink water the whole flight like just keep the water bottle right here because i'm like my heart's racing and i'm thinking i know i'm not the only one that suffers from claustrophobia and anxious feelings and uh, the amount of people that are suffering, you know, and, and then you see the anger, like, God, I remember a couple of the trips I had to take during the pandemic and the flight attendants, you know, they were just so frustrated and angry and put your mask on. And, oh my God, I was like, wow, it gave people this false sense of entitlement. And all of a sudden, people were yelling at each other, put your mask on, da-da-da-da-da, do this, do that. And I was like, wow, oh, my God, you know, what world am I living in now? This is like, all of a sudden, you know, for people who'd never had authority or they were in, they were loving this. Like, they were able to just, like, let it out, let it out and in just such a horrible way. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to travel anymore. This is so sad. People are just yelling at each other and on each other and giving you the the eye. Like if you pull your mask down to take a sip of water, everybody's like on it, you know, looking at you like, like, oh, that energy all around. Right. And we feel this energy. We don't know. And for a lot of people, it's like. I can't even take a deep breath, you know, and you're holding all that in. And so that to me was the worst part of this whole thing was people yelling at each other and, and the anger and the false authority. And all of a sudden it gave people the right to tell other people what to do. And I was like, wow, (laughs) we are in a crazy time. This is crazy time. You know, and I just, I tried to keep a sense of humor about it because I thought, wow, you know, thank God, thank God. I'm so grateful that I don't have to work in a restaurant and I don't have to work in a hospital where they're forcing me to get vaccinated. Like I would quit. I would not do it. It just goes completely against my beliefs. Like it's a choice. What, where do we live? You know, it's, we've become very strange this last year and and people looking at you like you're not going to get vaccinated and and all of a sudden all these judgments on everybody and nobody's listening it's, or it's, it's, wanting to, wanting to understand you know yeah, I, no. it's I, not it, i don't it's just just listen i i don't like anybody who doesn't want to get vaccinated that's that's their choice and if you want to get vaccinated if you want to get vaccinated that's but your choice as well i i don't absolutely. That's, I, know that's, I don't that i don't judge anyone don't, on that 
that's that's your that's yeah. your business. That's your choice. Absolutely. I know what I chose. I chose to do, and that was my choice. No one forced me to Absolutely. do it. No one. I chose to get vaccinated. No one said I had to. No one said it was. I did it because my mom said she wanted to get vaccinated, and so I was like, you know what? Since you want to do it, I'll do it with you. And 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 yep. that was my choice. It's not because Absolutely. my job told me, I had, and they didn't tell me I had to do it. It was just my choice. I wanted to get vaccinated. Fine. And do it. And and here's the deal. Like my daughter wants to go on tour. She's a musician. And unfortunately that business, they all have to be vaccinated. So I told her, I said, that's your, that's your choice. Not my choice. I not what I, 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 it just goes against my belief, especially since I had COVID. <laughs> so I'm like, why would I put it back in? I already had it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I, I, that so, that is what I don't I understand. Just, if I, you already I, had it, when you when you have built up when you have a built up antibody for it, is like right? if, if you if you I, I'm I'm thinking if you already had COVID, hasn't your body built up some type of immunity to it? Like, have you built up I some type of an, I, if like. COVID, like when COVID, if you already had COVID. We're having technical difficulties. Yes, we are. I, I, I hear you. Can I? I hear you. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yes. I hear you. I can't hear you. Oh, man. Can you hear me? <laughs> no? We're having technical difficulties. Oh, man. Let's, let me see if I step out. Let me see. Let me try this. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I still hear you. I can hear you now. Oh, so it was you. It was on your end. My headphones because I can't. Um, I've, I've said because I, I. I don't know. I said um, if you had COVID, wouldn't you have built up an antibody or something? So, so tell me everything you said for the last five minutes. I said I'm not. I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But I, if you had COVID already, I, I would think your body built some kind of um, resistance to it or. Or some antibodies. So here's here's what I did. Here's what I did. So I tested in March with my doctor because we figured out that I had COVID in December. I was on a family vacation in Park City, Utah. I got off the airplane. I was very sick. I came and I was in New York. So I, I, I'm assuming I got it in New York since they were hit pretty bad. And I was there and I was at a big event. And I got on the plane to go to Park City to meet my whole family for the holidays. And when I, by the time I got off the plane in Park City, I was so sick. And I said to my kids, they picked me up at the airport, and I said, I don't know what's going on, but I don't feel well at all. And I think I'm coming down with something like the flu or, you know, I didn't know. I just, I just knew that I felt really weird. And so when we got to the condo, I unpacked and blah, blah, blah. And everybody was excited. And, you know, it's a ski trip. And so I said, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be skiing. I'm really sick. And I had no energy. My main thing was I had zero energy, zero. And then I started with this dry cough. And so by the time my mom finally talked me into going to the urgent care, and I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm already, I've had it now for like six days. And she's like, just go. And they told me at the urgent care, they said, well, how long have you felt this way? And I said, since I was in New York, I flew here like six days ago. And they said, it's a virus. There's nothing we can do. And so I left. And I said, oh, I said, well, can you give me something so I can sleep through the night? Because I'm up all night coughing. And they were like, no. 
And I was like, that's weird. So I left. I got home on January 4th. I went straight to my doctor because I did nothing on that trip. I was completely zapped of my energy. I watched a ton of movies. I just did not feel well. I went to my doctor. He goes, oh, no, you're really sick. So he puts me on everything. And I, he goes, Deb, I want you to just rest because you're really sick. And I really what? Like, I don't even know how I was even walking around. And so I took eight days. I rested. I took all the antibiotics, Theraflu, whatever. We thought it was a really bad flu. Cut to as soon as I was, I was in the desert and the news about the virus and everything was shutting down. I was like, that's weird. I wonder if I had that virus. <laughs> so I go back to my doctor and I go, I think I should test for the antibodies. He goes, let's do it. Sure enough, I have all four antibodies. He goes, you had it when you came back from, I, he goes, I'm pretty sure that's when you had it. Because when I told him how sick I was in Park City, you know, obviously put it in his notes. So what we did is every three months, I went and tested for the antibodies. Because on the news, they were telling everybody that they weren't going to last, that it didn't mean you were safe, that you could still get it, get COVID again, and you could give it to somebody, which is not true. And in my experience, so I got tested every three months and every three months I had all four antibodies and I got tested. So now it's been over a year. I got tested two months ago and now I have three out of the four. So that just, and I did that on purpose because of the information that was coming out about the antibodies, they were safe. And a lot of people had the antibodies and people who have antibodies shouldn't be forced to wear a mask. <laughs> like, cause you, I can't get it. I can't give it to you. I, I had it. And so, so that was why I was like, Oh my God, you know? And so I know what it feels like to have, have it. And so anyway, we're going off on COVID and that was just my experience of it. And, and yes, I do have the antibodies. And so I'm not going to vaccinate because I had it. I suffered through it and <laughs> I, don't want it again, yeah. I don't want it again. And, and by the way, that's the other thing. I have a friend who had COVID. He got the first vaccine and he got really, really ill. So he didn't get the second one. He was like, I'm done, you know, because they say that if you've had COVID and you get the vaccine, for some reason, it affects you even harder. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that was his experience. And when I heard that, I was for sure like, oh, I don't want to go through that again because it was not fun. You know, some people yeah. had it and didn't even know they had it. I have, I have another friend who tested for, for all the antibodies and he couldn't figure out when he had it. He's like, I don't know when I had it. Because some, some people, it, it, affect dif it affects different. It, some people just don't feel anything. They don't, they don't show symptoms whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really an interesting topic, but yeah. So out of the pandemic, like I said, I, I began writing and I decided to write a book. And the reason that I decided to write a book is because I had people say to me quite often whenever I would express a difficult time or, you know, because I have this very low grade depression, I'm not completely depressed, but I do have a low grade depression where there are times where I just want to isolate and be alone. And it's really hard for me to get going. And so I, now that I'm aware of it, I wasn't aware of 
of this for years. And I just, I knew there was something, but I didn't know what it was. And so, so when I would express to people, I'm just having a really difficult time. I don't feel like going out. And they're like, God, you always seem like you have it so together. I was like, that's my book. I don't have it so together. You know, I'm working on stuff every day. I'm, you know, every day I have a routine because I know that this depression, this trauma, this, you know, mental illness, whatever you want to call it. And I, I'm really not big on labels because then you become that label. So I'm not big on labels, but whatever it is that sometimes affects me, I have a routine now of stuff that I do to kind of keep myself moving forward and not get stuck in that whatever it is. And so that's why I say it could be low grade depression. It could be anxious feelings. It could be some trauma that wants to revisit that, you know, that happens. You know, post-traumatic stuff comes up every once in a while. And so maybe it wants to revisit, you know. So now I have a different mindset. When it used to revisit in the past, I would do things like, hey, let's go on a trip or let's go out to dinner and drink two bottles of wine or let's, you know, I would do anything to shut that shut that off. Now when it visits, I'm like, oh, hey, (laughs) you're here to visit. What are we going to do? You know, how am I going to handle it? And so that I write a lot about that in my book is, it took me so long to figure out that I could be in charge of this trauma and direct it how I want it to go. And even though it's not comfortable and it's going to hurt and it is painful at times, I can still direct it. And it's okay to feel that pain. It does pass. But when you're in it, you don't think it's ever going to stop. If that makes sense. You know, you just think you're stuck in it. And it's like, uh, this feeling's never going to go away. It does. It goes away. It may come back. That's my experience. It comes, it comes and goes. And so I didn't know that I suffered with this. I did not know. So when any time, you know, and I wouldn't even describe it as anything. I would just feel like I was in a funk or, you know, it's because I went through a divorce or I'd blame whatever was going on in my life. And, and then when I finally realized, oh, I suffer from something that should be, we should probably take a look at, and I'm probably a good candidate for some type of pill, right? Because everybody's taking medication. But the thing that I've noticed and, and is that I know a lot of people that take medication for anxiety and depression and all of that, and they're still depressed or they're still anxious, or they're still not functioning at the level they want to function at. And so I took a look at that and I thought, okay, that's not going to help me. What, what can I do? And so that's what I write about in my book. I write about my morning routine. I write about the things that I, the traumas that I actually experienced and how they affected me at that time in my life. And how now looking back, I, I, I rewrite the story. Because when trauma happens, your body tells you a story. And that story just lives within you until you change the story. (laughs) How great is that? That you can change the story. Change the story, change your life. And so that's why it resonated with me again when you say stuck in my mind because a lot of times I would be stuck in these traumas and I didn't even know that's what was happening. Not just emotional, physical 
trauma, but traumas that were slight, you know, slight traumas. I got thrown off a horse when I was 18. That's trauma. I got into a really bad car accident when I was 18. Somebody hit me head on because they were late to work. That's trauma. At the time in my life, that was 1983 or 82 when both of those incidents happened. It was right. They happened three months apart from each other. And those two traumas in 1982 were not discussed as trauma. You got in a car accident. You sued the person. You got a, you got money. You got thrown off a horse. I went to the emergency room. They put me in a neck brace and gave me painkillers and told me to go to a chiropractor. And, but they didn't deal with the trauma. They never said, how do you feel? And so those kind of traumas, nobody, nobody was dealing with this back then. And then especially like when I was five years old, I've, you know, it's funny because I, I write about all of this because I want people to understand trauma is not just war trauma or physical abuse, sexual abuse, whatever. Those are all traumas, but there's also trauma. Like when I was five and I fell off a wall and landed on my face and smashed my face so badly that my nose never grew. And I had to go through seven reconstructive surgeries. That's why I'm, that's why I'm claustrophobic. And so those are traumas. And then you add on traumas that happen at school you add on, and so what happens is you walk around, right? If you can imagine two arms out and you start adding all these traumas and pretend they're pillows and you're carrying this around and they get heavier and heavier and your arms just wanna fall to the ground because you can't carry this trauma around anymore until one day you go, I'm done carrying the trauma, I'm gonna look at it and I'm gonna release them one at a time. I'm going to go back and change the story and release them one at a time and say, thank you for showing up in my life and sharing this lesson with me. But now I'm rewriting that story because when the trauma hits, your body goes into shock, so to speak. And, and you get stuck in that story of that trauma. And so, and then, you know, if you're bullied, if you're, if you get divorced, if you have a death, if you lose your best friend, if you lose a job, if you get in a car accident, if you get thrown off a horse, all of these things. And we wonder why people walk around usually holding a hundred pillows from a life, you know, I'm 57, a hundred pillows and they were bumping into each other with trauma. And we don't, we don't know what, what's happening. We don't know what's going on. And so that's, that's the, the hope in my book is that people can understand that it's, it's there. And when you look at it, change the story and you have a routine for when it comes up because it's going to come up. And sometimes I don't even know what trauma is coming up. You know what I mean? Like it's getting gotten to that point now where it's like a game. I'll wake up in the middle of the night with this like anxious feeling. I'm like, oh God, what's coming? What's up? What's what? I'm safe. And then so one of the things that I do now 
and a lot of people who have trauma do this. So it's not like I invented it or anything, but it's, it's, I ask myself in the moment when it's happening, where am I? Where am I? Oh, I'm in my office. Okay. What am I doing? Oh, I'm writing. Okay. Is there anything bad happening? Nope. And I answer this out loud <laughs> to tell my brain we're okay. We're okay. We're in our office. We're writing. Nothing bad's happening. There's no saber-toothed tiger chasing me down. I don't have to fight anybody. There's no weapons. You know, there's nothing bad happening. We're okay. Okay, good. My phone here. Yep. Got the microphone. Yep. Computer's here. The light's on. All right. Good. All good. Check. You know, you go through the checklist. Yeah. And anybody who's experienced trauma knows that those feelings come up and you in the past wise I would literally ignore or drink or run or disconnect or put something on TV to not feel those feelings what I would I had so many things that I would do to not feel those feelings now I just sit and go okay where am I it's happening yeah. you know and I kind of Go for the ride now instead of trying to fight it. And by the way, most people are trying to fight something. They don't even know what's happening. So that's where the drinking and the drugs and the self-medication surface. Yeah, because they don't even know what they're fighting. They know something's not right and they don't want to feel it. And so that's that was my story, really. And that was my story at 40. I fell to my knees and I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so manic? Why do I feel so like the world's over? I really was so paranoid. I was like always looking over my shoulder and nothing was happening. It was all in my head. It was yeah. all in a story in my body stuck and it needed to come out. And, and that's the beautiful thing about writing. When people say things to you, like I remember people used to say this to me when I was going through it and I didn't know what it was and it would just piss me off because they'd go, just write about it. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Write about what? You know, or journal about it. Write a gratitude list or, you know. And, and what's funny is that those are my tools today. That is exactly what I do. I write about it. This is how I'm feeling. This is where I am. This is where I am today. This is what's happening. And I do those things today that I would just be like pushing away for, I'd like, that's not the problem. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Cause you know, we want to fight so much. We want to fight. We don't. And the minute I surrendered and said, okay, I give up. I can't fight you anymore. It's like, I'm battling myself. I'm fighting with my mind. The minute I surrendered to it and said, here's the deal. We're going to give you a sabbatical. We're going to put you on vacation. And here's the new primary question. And so this is something, too, that I, I say in my book is that everybody should have a primary question that you ask yourself when you're going through a difficult time, whatever it is. And my primary question is, what would the best version of yourself do right now, Deb? What would the best version of yourself do right now? Because I know what the bad version would do. See, we put her on sabbatical. So what would the good version of yourself do right now? And that was the shift for me because I know what the bad version would do. The bad version would stuff, drink, yell, get rageful, 
you know, get upset. I know the bad version. Yeah. I know what that person would do. And so what would the good version do in this situation? What would the best, what could be the best scenario instead of, instead of behaving this way, why don't we try something different? And just having that primary question now, when something shows up and they all, it's Murphy's law, you know, we're, if we're breathing, we have challenges and we have problems. So when those challenges show up now, I can stop and say, okay, what would the best version do? I don't have to make a decision in this moment. I can think about it and pick the best version of myself to handle this and do it in a calm manner. And to figure, to have that finally get figured out in my 50s, my hope is that when people read my book, they go, I'm not going to wait till my 50s to figure that out. Let's get the, let's get the primary question now and get the ball rolling so we don't have to go through these emotional hangovers anymore. So, okay. So now it's, I need you to plug everything, but once you get your book done, you need to come back on. Absolutely. I would love to. Okay. I would love to. Definitely. Definitely got to have you back on. So I'll plug, I'll do a little, I'll do a little plug. So here's what I'm doing. If something I said resonated with you and you want to follow my journey, I have a website, DebraDriggs.com. And once a week I post a blog and I write about something from my heart, something that I hope will inspire somebody who's suffering. I, I know what it feels like to suffer. I don't want anybody to way. It's not fun. It's just not a fun place to be. And there's no, it doesn't have to be that way, you know? And so that's what I write about. I write about different, different, different ways to get out of suffering. I write about sometimes something that happened to me that's funny and that I got a funny lesson from. I write about, you know, sometimes I add in something that I love to do and I write about that and how that helps me. And and so everything kind of has an undertone theme of recovery because, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be recovered. You know, it's, it's about being on a journey of recovery and, and, and always practicing these tools because it's like anything. If you want to have a great body, if you want to be in shape, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to pick up weights, you're going to get on a treadmill, you're going to go hiking, you're going to do yoga, whatever, whatever you want to do. The same thing with mental health. If you want good mental health, if you want to be in a good frame frame of mind, if you want to be in a good mindset, if you want to battle your trauma, if you want to be plugged in to that and and have this muscle be working for you and not against you, so you're not stuck in it, then that's what I that's what I do. I practice that. Because to me that's the most important thing. If this is not working properly and I'm stuck in some story that's not serving me in any way, shape or form, then that's going to ruin my physical health, my spiritual health, my family health, my financial health. It, it messes the whole rest of the game up. And I had real success in all those other areas of my life. I'm in great shape. I'm very healthy. You know, my family, knock on wood, is healthy and they're doing great. My financial life, I did very well. But my mental kept kept bumping into all those other things kept messing me up and that's what i write about 
So if you're interested in that, if that's something you want to change in your life and you want to go on that journey with me, that's the journey that I'm on. And I'm excited about it. Actually, I'm really like, I love talking about it. I love when people come to me and they have some crazy problem and I'm like, let's, let's talk <laughs> about it, you know, and let's, because it's like a puzzle for me. I love figuring out. You know, and it's so cool when you get that piece and you go, oh, okay, this goes here. It's okay. And, and it just, it's practice. Like anything else, it's just practice. I have routines that I do. And I, I know when I don't do my routine, I get squirrely. You know, yeah. it's just like if I don't work out, I get flabby. Hmm? It's the same thing. There's no difference. So mental health is super important and, and it doesn't have to be a struggle. No, it doesn't. That's what, that's something I I really harp on, on, on the show is definitely take care of your mental health. You need to go see a therapist. Go ahead. Don't, we need to get rid of that stigmatism that there's something wrong with you. If you're going to seek help, no, just go see, seek therapy. There's nothing wrong with that. I have a team. I have a team of people. A team. I have a coach. I have a mentor. I have a great doctor. I have. I'm actually on a journey right now of really diving into this whole mental health subject because I think it's so important. And I think for so many years I was so judged. I was labeled. She's crazy. She's this. She's that. No, I'm not. I'm just struggling, like everybody else on the bus. You know, I'm just another person on the. I'm no different. I'm not special. There's a lot of people out there that struggle and that's, you know, I think we place so much judgment on people's behavior and, and most of the time people behave because they don't know what's going on inside of them. They just don't. And so they're not behaving directed at anybody. They're behaving because of what's going on inside of themselves. And I know I've behaved crazy. I know I have. <laughs> You know, I'm the first to admit it, you know, God, that was crazy behavior. But the difference today is in the past, I would say, Deb, you're, you're crazy. Now I say, Deb, you are behaving so crazy. And there's a big difference. I'm not crazy. I just had a moment where I was behaving crazy and I immediately acknowledge it now. Instead of saying that I'm something, I'm a loser. no. That was a loser. That was a loser way to handle that. I'm not a loser. It's a big difference. And for so many years, I would beat myself up. And I know that there's people listening that do that. They do that. They beat themselves up and they got that baseball bat and they're just like, you're a loser. You're an idiot. You're stupid. You're dumb. And that, Why and do you do that? Well, you, things, you ask yourself, that's why I said you've got to have a primary question. <laughs> no, one of my thing is, I'd say, listen, be very nice. Say very nice things to yourself. You have to. Like, yes. say, speak. Like, cause be there, gentle. Yeah, there's some people that are like, oh, I'm an idiot. Or, I'm, a, I'm stupid. No, don't be telling yourself that. You need to be, really be kind to yourself. Talk like, oh man, I'm. A, oh, yeah, that was a that was a good that was a goof up on my part. But yeah, I'm not a try. Try to watch what you say to yourself. Exactly. Like, really, just truly, Absolutely. truly watch what you say because you're not stupid. You're not an idiot. Just because if you keep repeating it, you're speaking it into yep. existence. And, and so you're just walking around with a lot of pillows. Yep. You're just walking around with a lot of pillows, and you gotta let them go. Yep. 
because they get heavy. Yes, and that's it. Does. That's really all, all it is. And it's like, you know, and then we try to get into a relationship. That's a whole other show. But we try <laughs> to get into a relationship with somebody else who's holding pillows. And we're like, hey, want to hold my pillows? <laughs> no, but you want to hold mine? Okay. Hey, uh, Look, I'll meet you up there. Okay, sure. What about down here? No, here, you hold my foot. Now you're not holding them correctly. Give them back. Give them back. Yeah. No, oh. no, to the left. You know, and then we get in a relationship like that, and it's like all trauma bonding. And like, oh, that's a whole other show. But, you know, it's like we expect other people to hold our pillows. Yeah. It's like, and we wonder why everybody's <laughs> getting divorced and, and, you know, and not being able to sustain a relationship because we can't even see the person because we were blocked by all these traumas and, and, and stories. And, and then we give them a crumb. Here's a crumb. Take that crumb. Okay. (laughs) And they give you a crumb and you're giving crumbs back and forth because you're, that's all you have to give. And, and so the work really starts here. The more you do the work here, the more available you are to, to be in something that's really special. Yep. And so, yeah, that's that. That's part of my story too. I have so much great stuff in my book. It's, so we, it's juicy. Well, it's well, again, when you get the when, once you're done with the book, you will be back on. Okay. All right. Yay! But thank you, Deborah. It was All great right, having people, you on. Be stuck in your mind. I, I will definitely. <laughs> I will let you know once I, I'm, I'm about to release it, which should be soon, probably within the next, well, probably in about a week and a half, two weeks. Wonderful. All awesome. right. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much for allowing me this time and sharing my story and my journey. And and thank you for what you're doing. Oh, this was cool. I, this is what I love to do is just talk to people. Yeah, it's a great it's a great way to, to, to connect and to share and to inspire. So thank you. Thank you. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. And now it's time for shout outs. Big shout out to my real wise family, King Sace, Poppy J., Brandy J. Big shout out to the homie Chrissy Richards from Cypher Knowledge with Chrissy. Big, big shout out to the boss lady, Fina. I love you, baby. And as always, a big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless you. Be safe. You know how your boy Wise does it. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt. Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt. And a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash stuck in my mind. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.